Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Monday, June 5th, 2017, and this is the ride. It's a brand new week, I'm ready to attack it. How about you? This week is ripe for attacking. I'm on the attack, I'm on the offensive. The world might have things thrown at me, but I'm gonna stand firm in my faith and my walk and my relationship with God, and I'm gonna attack this week. This week represents a percentage of the remainder of your life. What are you gonna do with it? Let's attack. We're on attack mode, we're not on defense mode, we're gonna attack it. What does that mean when you are in a battle, in a struggle, in a valley, in a storm, whatever you want to call it, what does that mean when you're in a situation like that? Well, you come out with guns blazing. What are your guns? Well, that's the Word of God. So, guns blazing, that means you're speaking the Word of God. Even if your situation doesn't look like it aligns with what the Word is saying, you go out there with guns blazing Come on, ma'am. All right, hold on, hold on. I was trying to be nice to that trucker. You go out there with guns blazing, with the word of God on your lips, and being spoken into the environment that you happen to find yourself. And not only does it change your perspective, because you're aligning with God's perspective, but it changes the environment itself. There is power in the Word of God. And Jesus embodies truth. You need to be speaking truth into the situation. So that's just a little nugget for you today. Recently, I have been paying attention to what the farmers are doing in the neighborhood. We live in farm country, southwestern Michigan. And I love farmers. They're the reason why I'm able to eat food. You should pay your respects to farmers. Well, anyway, I saw spiritual truth in operation. Never noticed this particular procedure that these farmers do, but recently uh, a neighboring farmer farmed some of the land that we have, and I watched them plow a field that had been just weeds and I'm it's really cool I'm, I'm glad he did it because I'm looking at that field of weeds it's not a field of dreams it's a field of weeds and uh, but now the vegetation the weedy vegetation was killed and given some time to die and then plowing took place and now, growth is happening in that same field. There was plowing and then there was seeding. And there was some fertilization taking place. The fertilization is actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, put right on the kernel of corn that's planted. Makes sense. It's very specific, targeted fertilization or fertilizer 
right where it needs to be. Man, I could go all over the place in, in the Word of God, and, and, uh, and maybe I will, uh, when it comes to God giving you what you need, where you need it, at the right time. But the thing that I had noticed that I hadn't really ever noticed before, because I didn't, you know, grow up next to crop land, is I noticed that when they plowed the field next to me, <clears throat> there was a section where it looked like they hadn't really plowed very well. Because, like I said before, there was weeds there, so there was vegetation there. And although it was killed and dying, if you just let it sit there and it's not plowed under, eventually those weeds will come back. And I, and I was looking, I was trying to figure out, well, why did he not plow this section very good? And then I realized, I, I walked up close to the area, and then I understood. The lay of the land, there was a little valley there, and the plow couldn't quite get deep to turn it under. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting concept. Because, see, I see the plowing action. Well, let me back up. I see that the vegetation killing stuff, that action, as being the acknowledgement that there's something, some impediment to the, to the real growth that you want in your life in that field. There's an impediment to it. So the killing of that vegetation is like you're depriving it of fuel. Okay, that's great. It's starting to die. It's dying on the vine. Okay, good. That's good. That's not what... You can't just leave it there. And I know many Christians who that's how they deal with issues in their life. They kind of starve it out. You know, I'm having this problem with whatever vice or whatever thought process or whatever. I'm going to not fuel that thing anymore. But what happens? Time happens. And life happens. This corrupted world happens around us. If we don't plow those things and take them out by the root, time happens and the weed will come back. So these farmers, they know this. They've done this for uh, a few years. Once that vegetation has been killed off to the best that that chemical can do, they then plow it under. In, in this particular field, they were doing a full plow. I have another field next to me that they, uh, they did a no plow, but I'll talk about that later. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what are they going to do about that section that didn't plow very well? Because I, don't, I can't imagine them just avoiding that section. You know, here they're planting and fruitful all over the place, but that one section... They choose to not grow stuff. I mean, it seems kind of inefficient use of land. And it really would be. I'm wondering what's going on. Now, I didn't actually see them do this process in this field next to me, but I did see uh, that same farmer family do this process on another field that they own. And I, and I saw it. In fact, I'm going to post a picture up on the ride on Facebook so you can see what I'm talking about. I never noticed this before. See, you, they want the whole 
land to prosper. They want the whole land to be fruitful. Oh man, this is good. What they do is they get their plow and they might they might narrow their plow because sometimes the plows are, you know, really wide. And it works great for really wide, broad, flat spaces, but in the in the crevices of the field and the little valleys of the field, those wide things can't get down into the deep roots. So I noticed one day that there seemed to be these plow sections through this field that had some of these valleys in it. But they were plowed through, not in the typical straight fashion like you'd see crops being planted, but like rivers going through the field in the low spots with a narrow gang of a plow. And it was a surgically deliberate plowing action to get at those low places those places that are hard to get to they purposefully made a point and that I could see these lines for days where they had plowed just the low things in a weird haphazard way you know farmers are really straight with their lines if you've ever noticed that takes a skill to do that of course these days they use GPS and their tractors and stuff to do that but even in the old days, before GPS, they were pretty deliberate with their lines. But this looked haphazard. But it wasn't. It was deliberate, surgical action to get at the deep roots. And when they did, they could get at them. And then later, they'll do the plow of the whole field with the typical lines. And every part will be plowed. Now, what's that say to us? Well, you can figure it out. There are certain areas in our life that are the deeper roots, the deeper things, the things that are harder to reach. Now, I said earlier, the killing of the weed was the acknowledgement that there was an issue there. The plowing is repentance. Yeah, I use the word repentance. This day and age, I don't know. I, I don't hear that very often. The Bible talks about repenting. There are things that we do that require more than just acknowledging that there's an issue. We need to pull it out by the roots. It needs to be eliminated. Now I know I know what people say, I know what I've said. But God, there's grace on me. You know, I know that I'm going to not be perfect all the time. So, you know, I don't really I know I'm going to have I'm going to stumble in this thing again and again. So, why do I need to pull it out by the weeds or by the root? Why do I need to pull it out? Well, remember what the farmer deals with. If you don't pull it out by the root, it can come back. Time and the corruption of this age will give life to those things that really shouldn't be living. I don't want to give life to the dead things in my life. I need to give life to the things that are fruitful. And I can hear people say, yeah, but it's hard work. I don't want to have to, you know, stop doing the thing that I kind of half enjoy, even though I know God doesn't like it. 
I don't want to turn away from it. It's just too hard. I've tried it so many times. I don't like it when preachers put me on the spot. But I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here a minute. What did Jesus hang on the cross to do? Was it so that he could give you grace and, you know, say, well, it's okay. You know, this thing that's causing you death, the thing that I went to the cross for that I ultimately paid for so that you wouldn't have to deal with it, it's okay that you're dabbling in it because, you know, I've got grace for you. And it's true, he does. He is long-suffering. But that's not the ultimate goal here. The ultimate goal here is that you are living fruitful. And what those weeds in your life do is it causes those areas that the, the if the farmer hadn't done the specific thing with that funky plowing action, there would be areas of his field that are unproductive. If the field should be doing a hundred bushels an acre or whatever, you know, farmers will laugh maybe because I don't know the numbers, but if it should be doing a hundred bushels an acre, well, you're, you're actually maybe doing 80 because of these weedy, non-productive areas. And it causes problems in the areas that don't even have the weeds. These these uh, thistles and tares start growing into areas that you're fertilizing for your fruit crop, for your for your yield, and and all of a sudden it it kind of works its way through your field, just like yeast through dough, right? That's what the Bible says. I'm going to give you a hard message. You need to turn around and repent of those things. It's not enough to recognize that you've got this issue. Whatever that issue is, I know a lot of people in this day and age struggle with pornography. To me, that's a big thing. That's a big thing because it's so easy to get stuck in that. God created us to be sexual beings. And mankind has perverted that. And it triggers our human response in the improper way and causes us really to be engaged in adultery because Jesus said what is what you see or what you think in your heart that's what you're doing in the Old Testament it used to be different you know you would get you'd have to endure the the um, discipline if you did the thing in the New Testament he's saying there's grace for you but there is a response or there is a result of sin and that's death ultimately and if if we cannot let go of this for example if we cannot let go of this particular sin which is so easy to engage in then it causes this weed to grow in our life this weed can make your life unproductive not and you know what here's the here's the sinister thing the enemy knows this how are you going to be unproductive this is how you know what's going on in your own heart you know 
the struggles you face and you know how you're not perfect and you know that you know okay maybe I know God has grace for me but I know that I'm not quite a good spokesman for God because I have this issue in my life the enemy knows this and we live a life of 80% because of that weed in our life the productivity that God has for you is kind of key to what he's all about, which is bringing people to the understanding and knowledge of him, the heart knowledge of him, so that people can turn from their wicked ways and find grace in Jesus Christ. But if you're operating as an 80% Christian, because these, these issues still remain, your yield is not where it should be. And your happiness and your contentment in the life of a believer isn't where it should be. Not to mention the fact that there is another situation. I'm kind of picking on the pornography thing right now, but I think it's important because it's one of those things that you can do in the hidden places. And because of that, you might feel like, well, I can kind of keep this under wraps and nobody's going to know and it's not going to affect my witness to others. But it does. It makes things at 80% when it should be 100. But the other sinister thing is this. When you start viewing people as objects like this, it dehumanizes people. It dehumanizes the people that Jesus died on the cross to save. Every single person on this planet is worthy of honor and respect. God created marriage and the act of marriage, and I'm talking about physical marriage, to be holy, to be a beautiful thing. And when it gets distorted in this way, it saddens his heart because his children, his daughters, his sons are being viewed in an improper way. They're being valued for the ways that they shouldn't be valued. We need to look at people like God does. He looks at the heart, doesn't he? We need to look to the heart. I think it's easier for adults to recognize this. Adults in the sense of parents. Uh, it's easier for parents to recognize this because we've raised children. And, and I can kind of equate... I have a son and I've got a daughter and I can, whenever I want to think about someone who is an adult and doing adult things, uh, I can put them into this mind or into this understanding where I see them as the child that they once were, male or female, an innocent child. I can see that non-innocent person is an innocent child who has a father and a mother who cares for them and wants the best for them. Well, they all have a Heavenly Father who loves them more than you could ever know. So here's the deal. Today is a day of new beginning. Remember how I said this, this week we're going to attack this week? Well, maybe... <sighs> 
I don't typically use those those terms, but maybe this is the attack. This is the attack mode. You're not going to be living a defensive week this week. You're going to take this week and be on the offensive. So what do I mean? We're going to take charge of those areas where the weeds have grown. You know your areas where the, there's weedy activity. You know the areas in your life. I don't have to spell it out to you. You are well aware of those areas. How do I know? Because if, if you are letting the Lord into your life, if you're a Christian or if you are open to the Lord speaking into your life, the Holy Spirit has already whispered this to you. These are the areas that you need to focus on. And if, if maybe that's not you, maybe you've not heard of this before, let me just suggest that no matter who you are, there are some of these areas where repentance is necessary. It's kind of the, the default life of a person, of a human, is that if you, if you don't know, there is sin actively trying to work its way through your life. It's just kind of part and parcel of this life we live. But God hung on the cross in the, in the person of Jesus Christ to eliminate that power over your life. So no matter what it is you're dealing with, that enemy lies that has spoken to you that says, you know, this thing will be okay. Don't worry about it. That's a lie. And you need to understand it. And it needs to be eliminated out of your life. And that's an active thing you've, you must do. But don't worry, fear not. God is with you in that. He will help you through that. He knows that it can't be done without his help anyway. So don't feel like you have to do it all on your own. Absolutely not. That, that fails all the time. It's like trying to get those weeds out without, without the plow. He's the fuel in the tank. You're not going to get very far without any fuel in that tractor. So the good news is this. It can be done. Best way I know how is to go right to the Father. So let's do that right now. Lord God, we have heard something today that really speaks to us. That not only do you love us and that you have this deep love for us, every one of your children, every one, but you have made a way for us to be conquerors, to be victorious in this process, in this process of repentance. We admit, Lord, that there are things in our life that are causing us to be not all we were meant to be, that cause us to maybe see people in the wrong way. We repent of that right now. We want to turn around. We want to turn our eyes to you, but not just turn our eyes to you, but we need to turn our eyes away from that thing, that area of sin that's trapping us. We recognize that there is a trap there. We've known this for a long time, that there's a trap there. And we've been happily trapped. But Lord, today we say that we believe that your way of life is a better way. Today we turn our eyes to you and we turn our eyes away from the thing that's been trapping us. And if we have to do this every day, for the next 
however long we're going to do it. We're making a deliberate attack against the lies of the enemy today. We're on attack mode. Enough of this sitting back and being on the defense. Lord, help us as we transition our mind into this new way of thinking, into this way of knowing that if we follow the Word of God and turn away from wickedness, we will have our feet planted firmly on the road where we need to be. And I believe just by faith right now, I'm making a faith statement, that as I do this, as we do this, every step we take will be more profitable for us and for those around us and for the world. And that that's judged by spiritual things, not just worldly things, but spiritual fruit is going to come out of this. I declare victory to everyone hearing this. I declare victory by the power of God Almighty in the lives of people who are willing to turn from their wickedness and walk in ways that are holy. There's nothing but victory in a situation like that. I thank you, Lord, for everyone listening today. I pray a blessing over everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Powerful, powerful today. I want to encourage you to come back to this one often as you need to. Okay? None of us are perfect. We'll make mistakes. It's kind of the way things are, but a different mindset will help us. You know, a different mindset will will encourage us to come back and hear this again and be encouraged again. Don't fall into the old mindset where, well, I messed up once, so I'm just going to you know, it just, it doesn't work. Christianity just didn't work for me. No. No, you got to do what Stephen Furtick told me last night. I mean, he didn't tell me. He, I was listening to him on a tape. But you know what I'm saying. He said, you know, we have to make sure, look again. We need to look again. Just like Elijah, he told his servant, go look again to see if the storm clouds were coming. No, they're not coming. Look again. Are they coming yet? No. Look again. Seven times. But then storm was coming they were needing rain you got to look again you got to look to the father again all right remember that stay in the word and live in peace pray for those who persecute you and know that god almighty loves you has respect and honor that he wants to give toward you he wants the best for you and he's prepared the best for you. There's nothing that will stop you from the best that he has for you, except you yourself. So don't let bad decisions screw that up. Look to him, repent of wickedness, and see that step of yours start going higher and higher along that path, all right? And I will see you on the flip.